This episode of the Wheelhouse Factory podcast is brought to you by Grindology. Grindology is an entrepreneurial subscription box that ships every quarter and is full of resources to help fuel your grind and your hustle. So what's included in the Grindology shipment? Well, I'm glad you asked. First and foremost, every single shipment will include a copy of the Grindology Tactical Manual. Every issue will be chock full of real tactics from real business builders that you can integrate into your business immediately. Think about it. How great would it be to receive real Facebook ad strategies from those who are actually doing it? What about building a user acquisition strategy? Those are the types of tactics that you can find in each issue of Grindology. Like I said, real tactics from real business builders. Each shipment delivers two bags of uniquely crafted coffee specifically roasted for you. The founder, the hustler, the entrepreneur, the maker, and the creator. Each shipment also includes an exclusive mug that speaks to the unique nature that is you, the entrepreneur. So visit Grindology.com to learn more. We will also include a link to Grindology.com within our show notes for easy access. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wheelhouse Factory Podcast. My name is Trevor Lightfoot, and this is episode one. We did it. It's happening. We're here. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you explore your startup ideas, your side hustles, and your passion projects. On today's show, we have... The one, the only, the fantastic, my good friend, AJ Smith. On a personal level, he is someone who is very, very well organized, probably the probably the most well organized person I've ever met. Uh, he's also very pragmatic about how he approaches problem solving. Professionally, he is someone who is a very, very, very creative thinker and works with um, executives and senior leadership to set large and complex organizational strategies. So I'm excited to have him on the show. Today we're going to talk about what is a wheelhouse and how you can explore your wheelhouse to chase after those big dreams of yours. Excited that you're here. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, If you don't mind giving us a, a review and maybe even a subscribe if you like what you hear, that would help a lot and I really do appreciate it. And with that, enjoy the show. Hello out there, and welcome to the Wheelhouse Factory Podcast. My name is Trevor Lightfoot. I truly believe in relentlessly pursuing the things that you're passionate about. Whether that's a startup idea you've been sitting on, a side hustle you're trying to make time for, or a passion project that you're hoping to take to the next level, everyone has the ability to be their own catalyst for something amazing. And that's why I created the show. This season, join me as we explore my own wheelhouse passion project of starting a band, The Jovers. Each episode will focus on the topics, tools, and resources that you can use and apply to your own project. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the show. What's your your little podcast station looking like? Oh, I'm glad you asked. So I've uh, configured my own standing desk here in the uh, the heart of the living room and kitchen using <laughs> two Pampers diaper boxes, actually, with my laptop stacked on top. It's the perfect height to keep me upright throughout the day. So, oh, okay. So you got the you got the new dad podcast model. Oh, definitely. Yep. Depending on the uh, the station and the location in the house, I'll go either two or three Pampers boxes. So it's pretty versatile. Pretty proud of it. <laughs> well, dude, this is something we've been talking about for a while. So I'm glad we could 
finally make it happen. Hopefully the first of, of many podcast conversations. Absolutely. So there's a lot of places we could start, but I think the only appropriate place to start is with the concept of Wheelhouse Factory, because we are kind of the proud creators of, of the Wheelhouse Factory way back in, in 2015. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so exciting to see this revitalization and this evolution of it. So credit to you for uh, bringing it back to life, so to speak. But I mean, it was uh, definitely a passion project of ours as we graduated from our MBA program. And we were really looking to hit the ground running with, uh, you know, keeping the momentum going. So I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, aspirationally to us, it felt kind of like a grantland.com or or the ringer, you know, a, mm-hmm. a role model of ours has been Bill Simmons, I would say, and uh, trying to channel my inner Bill Simmons as we have, you know, our first podcast conversation. But uh, ultimately, the, the wheelhouse factory concept started as like a space for brainstorming for us, I think, right. a catalyst for brainstorming and storytelling. And now it's really cool to see, you know, how you're bringing it to life in different ways. So excited to, to be part of that. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the day, like the original Wheelhouse Factory was, like you mentioned, more of a, a website uh, where we'd write articles ranging from sports to pop culture, music, movies, etc. Um, and the biggest takeaway for me is writing is is extremely difficult. It is so tough to actually go in there and consistently write articles, you know, from the... Um, there's kind of this element of research that you have to do ahead of time that requires so much more rigor than I was ever expecting. Like we did that article about Kevin Johnson and the argument for him to be in the, in the hall of fame, which I'm sad to say now is probably, um, you know, we were probably wrong on that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just the hours of research needed and the time to edit and the time to get feedback um, so much more respect having actually gone through, you know, just a little bit of what that process is like for, for writers that do it um, for a career. It's, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, no doubt. So much goes into it. And I think another aspect is definitely just the challenge of bringing your voice to life through written word and letting your personality kind of shine through that format. Um, uh, a fun fact that I had just kind of noted as preparing for this conversation um, as I thought back to the original wheelhouse was actually my first date with my now wife, Brittany. She admitted later into the evening that she had actually stumbled upon our website and read one of our articles end to end. And it was like a power rankings of country music and how I uh, had turned from hater to appreciator of country music. And I, I think it was in that moment I knew she was the one that she uh, <laughs> took the initiative to go through, read that in its entirety. And, you know, I really tried to bring my authentic self to that that piece. So it was exciting that it resonated with her. <laughs> oh, I love that. Did So maybe in honor of, of the original Wheelhouse, you know, this is going to be the first episode in in the first season of the Wheelhouse Factory podcast. So maybe the, the only right way to kick it off is with a, a classic Wheelhouse brainstorming question. And, and since season one is going to be focused on music and following kind of a passion project of mine and starting a band, the Jovers, um, maybe what we can do is talk about one of our shared favorite pastimes, 
creating the perfect mixtape. Um, you know, obviously we could do a power rankings. I'm sure we could create the the master 18 track mixtape. Um, but to shorten it up, maybe the question is, so what is the the track? What is the song that fits on any mixtape, regardless of the mixtape reason? Mixtape reason could be like a party, could be a breakup, could be a, a courting of sorts. Um, but what's that song that's perfect on any mixtape, regardless of the occasion? Oh, such a good question. Um, definitely struggled with this one since I feel like mixtapes should meet listeners where they need to be in some respect. So it's, uh, it's a tall order to pick one that feels like it plays in any situation. But I kept coming back to this band called The Bleachers that I've uh, really wow. been into over the last year or two. And, you know, that's saying something since that you know, supersedes my early 2000s pop punk favorites like Blink, Fall Out Boy, etc. Mm -hmm. But Bleachers just feels like this euphoric kind of triumphant sound. And I think one of the tracks of theirs that could really play in any situation is called Roller Coaster. Um, definitely something that I've, you know, in that moment where I've been handed the aux cord, been trusted with that road trip <laughs> play or even on a boat on the Amalfi Coast, on a vacation with friends last year, everyone looked to me, we need the right track here to, to pop this off and went to Bleachers. And now, you know, handful of friends from that trip still are listening quite often. So for any listeners out there, I encourage you to, to check them out. Uh, kind of that indie pop, alt rock sound, but plays really well across uh, any situation. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, so I still remember... Um your bachelor party being obviously a, just, just a ton of fun. Um, and for, for listeners out there, basically a group of uh, AJ's buddies, we surprised him and uh, he had moved to uh, Philadelphia, well, Pennsylvania for a couple years for work. And the rest of us pretty much live in, in Arizona. And um, a group of us went out there and surprised him for a weekend. And it was just a blast. And part of that trip required once we got there, um, a several hour road trip in a, in a van while we're all just in there together, uh, squeeze shoulder to shoulder. And we were taking turns passing around the, the ox cord. Each of us got two songs. And I remember the, the, the ox cord getting passed to me, just feeling the, the pressure of the world. Honestly, it's like, if you bomb that, I don't want to say the trip is ruined. Uh, I don't want to say the the wedding would be ruined, but high pressure situation respect can waver at that point right <laughs> yeah i mean you you spend your whole life you know building this uh reputation it could be torn down in in minutes those are moments to prepare for you know you always got to have that uh that go-to track in the back pocket just in case you're handed that aux cord yeah yeah so as far as you know what's the track that that goes on any mixtape i think for me um i went with return of the mac by mark morrison oh, nice um it's it's tough not to not to love that song, and it's one of those songs where it's like the beat is celebratory. It's like the perfect party song, but the lyrics are actually you know about a breakup, and so I feel like it plays that middle ground perfect, where it just applies to everything. Well said, well said. I think a uh, a complimentary track to Return of the Mac is definitely this is how we do it. <laughs> Another uh, triumphant type of sound uh, as you're gearing up for a weekend or in the, the heart 
of a, a night out. So there's another one to uh, to always keep in the back pocket in case that aux cord comes your way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I mentioned this is going to be the first episode on um, on the first season of the Wheelhouse Factory podcast, and you know, there's going to be a lot of topics, but I think really the the first topic to dive into is just the concept of a wheelhouse because i remember back when we were brainstorming names for this idea that we had nothing really fit until we got to the the word wheelhouse and you know i don't know if maybe um you want to take a stab at, at defining it first but i think that's kind of the first thing on our to-do list is what what do we mean when we say wheelhouse yeah for sure great question um i think there's both kind of the uh, the conceptual and the practical type of breakdown. So, I mean, for me, conceptually, um, as sports lovers, the term wheelhouse plays in the sports um, arena, so to speak, especially in baseball. When a pitch comes right into a batter's wheelhouse, they're going to do something great with it. So I think that concept applied really well um, to what we were seeking. And more uh, more practically, I would say, for me, wheelhouse is an intersection point between passion and performance. So it's Mm -hmm. that place where you're doing something you truly love and something you're great at, right? So that's the the point where you're thriving. I love that. And to to build on that, I mean, we went with the term factory sent that speaks to operationalizing, right? right? So I would say the other ingredient beyond passion and performance is potential. You know, wheelhouses don't just, you know, pop up out of nowhere. They take hard work. They take dedication. So it's capitalizing on that potential and making something of it through a process, right? So that's how wheelhouse and factory, I think, you know, play together right. pretty well. Yeah, because you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's so tough to go from idea that you are struggling to think through and kind of have in the back of your mind or in the front of your mind, right? <laughs> Depending on where you're at in the process, but having this concept that you know, um, that you know is something that you need to pursue and the frustration around, well, how do I actually do it? And for me, you're absolutely right. The The wheelhouse piece of it is, I think of it in really three questions. It's, you know, what am I good at? what do I enjoy doing and what do I want to offer the world? And if you were to make a Venn diagram um, with all three of those questions, your wheelhouse is really what's in the middle of those things. And, and your factory is kind of the tools, the, the organization practices, the people, um, everything that's kind of at your disposal resource wise to help bring those things in your wheelhouse to life. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Really well said. And I think uh, that creates kind of the, the framework or the platform for, you know, breaking down specific steps that we can take to identifying that wheelhouse and then making something meaningful from it. So I think it's, uh, you know, something everyone can relate to in, in different ways. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I'm so excited about with this show is each episode, the game plan, right? We're, again, we're, we're following a passion project here. So you got to be flexible and agile, but the game plan is to explore some of these um, factory tools that we can build that can help us chase down, you know, what's in our wheelhouse. And what I'd like to do today is just talk about 
our own wheelhouses and, and, and maybe some trials and triumphs along the way and um, just kind of see how the, the discussion goes. Because from, from what I gained from talking to people about the concept of what is your passion? What is your um, kind of idea? What is your startup idea? What is your side hustle idea? What is, what is that thing that you just know you should be doing, but you haven't started yet? One of the toughest thing is, is kind of just the ability to compartmentalize everything going on in your life and finding space for the things in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely one of the the key challenges uh, that, you know, tapping in to specific tools or having that network or that support system of others to keep you accountable and motivated. Um, Those are the types of things that can help you really overcome that initial uh, roadblock of of hitting the ground running. So I think, uh, you know, the goal certainly for for this type of conversation to share with listeners is to be the spark, right? To be the catalyst to get people to, to really, you know, look in the mirror, pinpoint what folks are passionate about and great at and interested in, you know, making more of who they are and then getting after it. So hopefully uh, folks feel a little fire, you know, after hearing our stories. <laughs> and so do you, you're, you're a guy who likes to just kind of go for it. And that's one of the things that we connect on is that you just kind of want to experiment. And if you fail, you, you learn something amazing. And if you succeed, then you're one step closer to, to kind of chasing that dream of yours. And I'm curious, like for you personally, do you have an approach that you've taken when it comes to just figuring out what's in your wheelhouse? Yeah, for me, there, there would be two things I'd mention, um, both of which are through the context of intrapreneurship is what I would describe it as. So I, I work for a larger company. Um, I've definitely experimented with different types of, you know, endeavors or projects outside of work, you know, speaking of Wheelhouse Factory and others. Um, but these examples are more so through the context of I work for a larger organization, but that doesn't mean I can't, you know, forego creativity. There's always a chance to to carve out new space to pursue that blue ocean. Um, So for me, as I started about 10 years ago with this organization, uh, the first technique I'd speak to is is really the double diamond type of technique. Um, So conceptually, that starting broad, refining, broadening again and refining again. And for me, that's just a a high level roadmap of how you can embrace that notion of experimentation, trying different things, learning along the way, and then reaching a point of, hey, let's kind of bring that together and focus and build mastery on something that I've now identified as a, a point of passion or my wheelhouse, right? So I can share some examples of what that looked like for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. But the, the second technique, um, just a, a more conceptual level, is really that refining process. Um, as you're looking to build mastery and, and really pinpoint that wheelhouse um, concept, for me, I, I just call it the favorite days approach and <laughs> something I speak to when I'm you know, talking with different employees earlier in their careers, and they're trying to determine their next step, I just ask them to reflect, hey, think about the last six months, the last year, what were the three most favorite days that you can immediately remember? 
why why were they your favorite days? What did you love about them? What were the specific actions you were taking or experiences you were having that just make you light up? Really oh, look in the great. mirror. Think through what you loved about those days. And then, hey, as you're thinking about that next step, seek something that allows you to do those things more often, if not all the time. And for me, that's the technique I used in about 2012, 2013, when I made my first kind of move from that broaden to refine part of the that double diamond concept. And it really set me up for the rest of my career, you know, even to this moment. I love that concept of refinement. And I think it's one that deserves a little bit more of a of a zoomed in conversation because you say it and it sounds really easy, but it's it's the most difficult piece of the the entire process, in my opinion, because that's the moment where refining can mean, okay, I've been spending my time dedicating some energy to this one area, and now I need to potentially make a dramatic shift, which means, you know, a pivot. It means leaving something you've been working on behind and changing course for the better of the long run. And I think that that moment is something that is really challenging mentally and emotionally to to be at and to, to overcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if you feel invested in uh, another path or direction and a, a trade-off decision has to be made and, and a risk has to be accepted, um, that can make it tricky. You know, I, I was fortunate earlier in my career when for me that aha moment kind of flickered in my mind that really the learning and development space was where I wanted to, to invest my energy and, and build my craft. I was at a point where I, I could make that pivot pretty seamlessly without having to, you know, create a lot of risk um, with my existing track. But right. that, that's not always the case, right? So I think um, this concept of small experiments to, to build to a point of having enough experience with the situation to then you know, stack the deck in your favor before making that kind of big pivot is mm -hmm. a technique that we can always use to, to help kind of mitigate some of the risk of a, a hard left turn um, if there is, you know, greater challenges with doing that for, for certain individuals. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to add some complexity to it, it's one of those things where the, the more kind of life experience you get, the more... Um, there are more factors there. There just are, and you know, I think about you in particular, and and from when we met to to where you're at now, um, you know, you got a wife and a kiddo, and that changes the dynamic and changes the decision making um, process and and the prioritization of of what you want to spend your time doing, right? And I think a lot of people out there, maybe it's not a wife and a kid, but maybe it's going back to school or working a second job or um, just making the decision around where to spend your time and energy, I think is a real challenge and only gets more difficult. Um, kind of the older you get, the more life experience you get as, as we're finding. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another uh, lens that I would take to this is, is kind of zooming out the perspective from tools I've used in, in the context of my career to define my wheelhouse to also embracing the fact that, you know, there's a lot of different 
things that I could do with my free time outside of just the workplace. So earlier in my 20s, I had this moment of, of revelation where I thought, you know what, I'm being pretty focused and goal-oriented at work. Um, I feel like I've got a plan every, every day I go in. I want to live my life that way too. So mm-hmm. for me, it was as simple as sitting down with a pen and paper and creating a 30 under 30 list. So for oh, the, I remember your 30 under 30 list. It was epic. It was an anchor point for me, honestly. Whenever I had a moment of peace, I could look at that list and think through, hey, these are the things I intentionally put you know, stock into that I wanted to experience or accomplish before turning 30. So instead of, you know, letting myself get swept up by the moment, I, I want to be intentional with pursuing something on this list, whether it be an experience like traveling to a certain city, eating a certain food in a certain city, pursuing and, you know, completing my MBA or other, um, that, that was a list I literally carried in my wallet for the next 10 years and was proud to accomplish, you know, more than 90% of the items on that list. And it felt like it gave my life the same intentionality that I had in the workplace. Yeah. The thing I loved about that list, uh, cause I remember several times where we would just be having a conversation, you would take out your wallet and, and unfold the list and make a quick edit or cross something off. But the thing that I, I love about it is that it kind of crossed over into all aspects of your life. Like you had mentioned something as simple as I want to eat this specific food in this specific place because that's an experience that that I want. But then at the same time, the same list included, hey, I also want to get my MBA. And it had all these different kind of areas of your life that shows just, you know, what your wheelhouse is. Um, and I, I don't know, man, it just, it, it's a very inspiring thing to think about looking back on it. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it was exciting to to see a few friends follow suit um, after hearing that I had created that list. And some of my proudest moments as a friend were hearing the the successes of of my peers, you know, accomplishing items on their list too. Um, I, I'd say with age, I'm, I'm pursuing a, a little bit more sophistication as I'm thinking about my 40 <laughs> under 40 list. Um, first, it's going to be a shared list with my wife since as she goes, I go and vice versa. So that that's exciting to collaborate on. Um, additionally, I'm, I'm using a little bit more of a, a structured technique or, or a framework to help achieve the balance that you were just speaking to. So uh, I'd encourage folks listening to just Google Wheel of Life and, and look for an image um, that shows the segments of a, a balanced life, so to speak. So the, the one I'm looking at here is uh, Zig Ziglar, Wheel of Life. It's got seven segments on it, and career is one of those segments. Then there's things like physical, intellectual, family, social, and others. And a way that I've leveraged that framework to set goals for this year was pulling together a few buddies as an accountability group. And we literally had a 2020 goal setting session to kick off a discussion where we went segment by segment of that wheel and brainstormed ideas for actionable goals we could set through that lens for this year. 
and then kind of like the double diamond in our next couple of sessions we refined and prioritized until we each had three to five measurable goals for ourselves that made sense in the context of our situations and now we're meeting every two weeks to really encourage and support one another and make in making progress in those items so for me, a, a big emphasis this year is definitely mastery of fatherhood, right? As a, a new parent, got a little guy just about three months old, I'm devoting so much of who I am to being the best father I can be. So some of the, the same, you know, energy I would normally be applying to, you know, other aspects of my life, those things will be staged, you know, in a different season of life, um, based on, you know, what's appropriate for me. So that's just another technique I've used to, to try to be intentional with how I devote my time. There's so much in there that is worth exploring more that you hit on. And and I guess I'll, I'll narrow it down to the two biggest pieces for me were um, surrounding yourself with that, with that network of supporters. And, um, you know, you mentioned that that group of your, your accountability team really that you're you're getting together with every couple of weeks and i think for definitely for for me at times right it can be a very vulnerable exposing feeling to write down what your goals are write down what your passions are and share those with other people and i think one of the the really courageous things that you and and the other folks on the accountability crew have done is just take down that barrier and for me, that is such an important step to take. And it's something that I share with with my fiance and, and we talk about quite frequently is just what do we want out of out of life and, and what do we see as our kind of passion projects and our our roadmap to to being able to pursue those. And I really admire you and, and other folks that can share what their goals are and and embrace that level of vulnerability. It's it's a challenge and if you're not there yet, you know, there are tools out there, like you had mentioned that wheel. I mean, there's several others out there. It's one of those things where you can find the right tool for you and, and kind of right size it for your situation. The other piece you mentioned there is kind of the evolution of your wheelhouse, how it's gone from maybe I want to eat this certain food in this certain state to I want to be the, the greatest dad of all time, right? I mean, that just speaks to how your, your wheelhouse isn't a moment in time you need to continue to iterate on it and revisit it and kind of have that self pulse check to see how it's changed for you yeah yeah absolutely um i think it's important to embrace the context of where you're at in life those seasons of life and uh continually look in the mirror and just reassess and with every kind of annual planning moment where i sit down and think how would I feel like I've won this year? I always start with like, what are those key outcomes, right? So for me, that feeling as happy as possible, that ensuring my wife feels as happy as possible and as supported as possible and so forth. And really just identifying those North Star moments. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, as we get a little more traction and comfort with parenthood and as things you know, become a little bit more predictable with Carson's schedule, you know, I I may find 2021 creates another sliver of devotion to things that could, you know, help advance 
our family's well-being, you know, and earn extra income um, right. beyond the day job to then, you know, position us for for a promotion and lifestyle, right? So like that's where I'm at in my journey and everyone has a, a, a unique kind of plot point on their own journey to kind of use tools um, to meet themselves where they are. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think that's a good place to to wrap it up for, for today because really that's kind of the heart of it, right? Is is It's about finding the right approach for you and taking the time and energy to really put a critical eye to what's in your wheelhouse and, and, and what you want to get out of it. Um, AJ, what, just curious, man, what did you think of, uh, first, first podcast? Had a blast. I mean, honestly, I think, uh, one of your wheelhouse qualities is asking great questions and being a genuine, genuinely curious and interested person. So I was excited to have this conversation with you because I think you always bring out the best in people. So I think, this is a privilege, you know, to be part of this at all, much less the, the first session. So um, I'm excited to hear you facilitate conversations with others and, and really bring out the best of those people to, you know, tee up great insights for, for those who, who, you know, tap into to this experience. So thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to hearing your your feedback uh, privately as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, this is a blast, man. I, I'm looking forward to future uh, visits from Mr. AJ Smith on the podcast. This is great. Hey, everybody. So before we wrap up for today, I'd like to end the episode with a quick debrief. And I think the takeaway for today is really going back to that concept of figuring out what's in your wheelhouse and asking those questions, you know, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And what do I want to offer the world? Um, the overlap between those three questions is, is really where you're going to find kind of your, your happy spot. So if that's something you're struggling with, I, I really encourage you to spend some time considering those three questions and giving yourself a chance to focus in on, on what it is that, that might be in your wheelhouse. And if it's something that you're struggling with, you know, I really believe that uh, spending time just writing out potential answers to those questions can can help you focus where you should be spending your time and energy when it comes to passion projects, uh, any ideas that you have around startups or, or side hustles that, that you may be interested in pursuing. If you think you already have your wheelhouse pretty well defined, you know, it never hurts to go uh, spend some time just reflecting on those three questions and seeing if your wheelhouse has evolved at all. I, I encourage you guys to do that as well. Because uh, for me, I know it's certainly a, a work in progress pretty much all the time. So with that, we'll call it a day and, and wrap up today's episode. But I certainly appreciate everybody listening in um, wherever you may be listening from and whenever you may be listening. Uh, really appreciate all of the, the support along the way here. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. <laughs>